listen to me. I guess I guess we're starting now. I have had the most hateful gastrointestinal problems this morning. Yeah, you said I you had, had a day of the hiccups. hiccups. Yeah. I had the most violent hiccups I've had in a very long time. I, I know I've already told you. you that, but I hate that for it you. bears repeating. Oh, awful. You know the ones that hurt? Yeah. I get irrationally angry when I have hiccups. I hate Brother, it so I was much. So pissed. Oh, yeah. And I don't, to add I don't like it. insults to that injury, it was also the kind that you would just uncontroll it. You just couldn't help it. You'd swallow air. Yeah, well, you could, yeah, and you can do anything. Like sometimes, like, because I, you know, there's a whole bunch of tricks and it's all, you know, you can try to, but sometimes, bro. Like, because oh, usually yeah. when I get the, I don't get the hiccups very often, but when I get them, I get them for a whole day, like one day a year. I have the worst fucking hiccups and I'll think they're gone and I'll get like a 20 minutes respite and then they'll just hit again. And I'm like, what See, is this? I'm sort of in in between that in between period because I feel as I have felt all day that one wrong move will set it off again. Yeah. 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 It's scary. So I'm, I'm feeling very fragile about <laughs> it. However, outside of that, I hear we have a treat today. We do. I'm very a very a special excited. little treat. Yeah, we have a, a special guest today that is not possessing me. This is a real person that is not me. <laughs> what doing if it was a ghost? <laughs> what if we just introduced fucking Nick Cul- Culpepper as an actual guest? Yeah, yeah, and 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 don't even address it. Don't even. Yeah, no, and just build it up it. like it's a real actual guest. <laughs> have a whole interview. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a summer, as in summer, summer? Yeah, as in summer, summer. If y'all have been to Anahata's, if you've been to the Porpoise, which is going on here, like, basically getting rocking and rolling when this comes out. It'll be getting started on Thursday, so, like, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, which I have heard, heard tell that there's there's still some tickets that you can snap on up <gasps> over there. Bro, there's yurts now. There's yurts now that are like way down the river. And I immediately evaporated when I saw them. Like, I was just like, are you for real with these yurts? Like, (laughs) I can't. But if you're itching, if you're nearby or drivable and you're thinking, yeah, I might do it. You still got time? Yeah, I could do that. Get on over there. There's ticket options. If you want to go for a day, you can go for the weekend. You can go for the whole time. Uh, but hop on, hop on a look. We're gonna, we're gonna make an appearance there. Hell yeah, we are. Not in the yeah. flesh, but our digital holograms. Our, uh, I almost said fursonas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're we're beaming. We're beaming yeah. to your eye holes. Uh, those of you that mm-hmm. will be there doing a live show, and I we're think it's going to be beaming. great ambiance. We eh? are beaming. We're what? Doesn't that mean something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Should we look that up? It makes me think of bean dip, like when you go for the nipple. Oh, oh, the nipple. I yeah. thought it was uh, like like some kind of term for jerking off. <laughs> We we don't know anything. I don't know. We do know that we have summer on today to talk yes. a little bit about your topic, which is yes. so today I'm talking to you about corn and 
corn is a really big topic when it comes to humans. Uh, and mm. I wanted to get into the story of that. And Summer is an indigenous woman of the Cherokee Nation. And she uh, and I hopped on earlier and she graced all of us with the story of corn. And some few of you, some of you out there have been had the privilege of being able to sit and listen to Summer tell a story. But like, y'all, it's such a treat. It's such a like, I told her this after I was done, like, after our thing, like, is it this happens every time I was like, I feel stoned. Like every time after hearing her tell a, a story, it's just like I feel inspired, but like high on words because her voice is great. She's got a really great voice. Yes. Yes. So that's going to be kind of plopped in the middle of my topic. We'll just kind of ease in and out of it. Uh, but uh, settle in for that. It's really, really, really lovely. I'm excited about it. Now, I will tell you that I'm a, I am a, a toddler. And every single time you say you're talking about corn, I'm like, the band. First thing, first thought. I... You're not alone. I mean, I thought about it when I was doing this research saying like I, I, every single time, like I'm talking about the band Corn, and then it's like, <laughs> and I hear it in my head every time. Just uh, just so you know, every time you say Corn is yada, 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 I will be thinking of yeah. the band. It's okay. Uh, but so you're talking Corn, or as you told to me in a voice note, Corn! Uh, and I'm going to talk to you about something called ancestrialite. Haven't we That's talked about ancestrialite? Not did you clarify that so it's not ancestrialite? I did, I did. So you okay. didn't think I was saying ancestrialite? Ancestrialite. A A with an A. Ancestor. Uh, now I'm I am dragging out a little bit because I'm I'm gonna. Are check you sure, sure we've not that... talked about this? This looks awfully familiar nah. to me. Not happened. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't know. <laughs> okay, sure. This seems very right. appropriate for you. You've been on a crystal kick lately. Uh, you know what? I have, and I've been on a very. Um, I don't like a textural like I'm picking ones that are jumping out to me instead mm -hmm. of just sort of being like, what have I not talked about? What would be a good topic to bring? I'm waiting for one to like punch me right in the face. And then I'm mm -hmm. like, that's what I'm going to do. And this has a uh, an interesting look to it. But we'll get into it. Let me pull my notes up here. I believe that I do go first. Oh, uh, cool. this time. This I'm time so round. But before we do anything here on this episode, 264. Oh, Macy, 264. Wow. We have a Patreon shout out. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So get your pipes ready. <laughs> okay. Just today. Why can I never remember to plan ahead for this? We've done this for years. <laughs> I, uh -huh. and years. Every single uh -huh. episode. And never yeah. can I remember how much good it would do me. To plan ahead for this so I don't have this gut-wringing stress every single you have episode. Like some weird curse on you. That like really just, as soon as we're done talking about it, it's it a blind exist spot. Anymore. It just I I can't <laughs> fix it. I don't know what to do. <sighs> All right. Well, let me refresh your memory here with today's patron, Sarah J. 
as you're thinking, I just kind of want to throw it out there that every single time, more often than not, no matter what I follow it up with, almost every single time that I say our Patreon and then Patreon name, my in the back, the recesses of my, of my little brain, Tiny Dancer starts playing every it's, single time. It, that's your back pocket. Every because yeah. it's an e- it's a, it's an easy one. Hold me closer. Yeah, is it Sarah J? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Could and no, it do fits. There. It fits everywhere. I hit shuffle on a playlist that belongs to yes. you and me. <gasps> look at this, Sarah J. Every time I look, it makes me laugh. How did her eyes get so red? And what the hell is on Sarah's head? Sarah's head. <laughs> Dude, if I was any other patron, I would be so mad. I would be so jelly. Yeah, I would want, I would be jealous. I would want, I would yeah, want I'd be it. jealous of Sarah J, dude. Y'all should to get that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Hell yeah. How did her eyes get so red? <laughs> you know what how. the hell is on Sarah's head? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Sarah J. If you'd like to be included, maybe in the Patreon shout out segment, or more importantly, listen to that fucking simp cap. Like the whole other weekly Patreon. podcast that, that we have. Like oh, the yeah. whole yeah, other. Yeah. Goddamn podcast! The weekly that we podcast release. that we have that that has been at least three hours every single episode this season. Hell yeah, 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 for real. No, like y'all, there's so like I I see I, those of you that are like, what do I do when I catch up? Like seriously, we have hundreds of like hundreds of hours of more shit mm. over there. Yeah, Simcap's yeah. fun. We have even good if time. you don't, even if you're not into the source material necessarily. Um, even if you don't one. think you're going to get into it, here's the thing. You know what yeah. I was thinking about the other day? We're going to get into the. We're going to we're going to move on in a second. But I did have this legitimate thought the other day. One, yes, I was scrolling through Hulu and then I saw the thumbnail for Farmer Wants a Wife and remembered that that oh, was how we God. debuted. Simply captivating. That is how we started, we started yeah. it. And it. I was thinking. I was like, you know, the show is not evergreen, obviously, because we cover things as it comes out. But I was like, man. I wonder if it would be kind of fun if you missed the wave initially entirely and it's a year later and just follow along with the show with Simp Cap yeah. and watch the episodes. It's still I mean, why going to work. You? Why not? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't you? And so if you are curious about Farmer Wants a Wife from, yeah. I don't know, April, uh, give yeah. it a listen because we spent... Or Queen hours. Charlotte. Or Queen Charlotte. Or if you want to hear you... us shit all over Bear Grylls, come on over to oh, Wimp Cap for a, a couple weeks. Deserves a good shitting on. But no, by the time uh, Cushiel's Dart heard... is done, we're going to be like 30 hours in, probably, at least. Yeah. 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 And then we've got what everybody's looking forward to, except, you know what's hilarious? Except is us. More... <laughs> yeah, except anyone who's going to listen to it. Uh, I love, and I forget who it was, but somebody put on Facebook the other day, they were like, oh, fuck, you're going to make me care about Virgin River. Yeah, bro, we are. And uh, well, as much as you can, you, you'll care in your... Oh, no, you won't care about aggravation, In your aggravation. You'll care yeah. about how it makes you feel. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. dude, bro, I saw, I, I saw the first, like, unironic post on my Facebook <gasps> timeline of, no. like... Gosh, can't wait for it to come. And it was a it was a share from the fan page, which is called like Fans of the River, or it's it's called no, like the River. It. 
fan page, and I was just like, uh, uh, so I'm going to join it. I want to join it, too, and I think that every episode should have it like a like a, a just reading meme, some because yeah. you know it's full of bad memes over there oh so many and i think we should read a couple of our favorite good reviews yes yes we gotta have the good perspective yes. we can't be too one-sided on this show because we're gonna be no. shitting all over it but we we can have the good reviews from the fan pages to be like but I, yeah i need to hear a little bit what Here's the people who like some people really. Here we go. Here's what here's what they're saying out there about this week's yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what we also need to do? We need to make a collection of everyone's predictions. We all need to make predictions that are so clearly not going to happen because they're interesting. Yes. You know, like mine. Mine is that Vernon's grandson is going to turn out to not be a good guy because that's how things way. should be. That's because that's how because it, it's how things should be to make an my interesting fucking plan show. Is that they died in that motherfucking plane crash? All of this is useless. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Oh, and they've just been dead this because whole time. Also, that like- helps explain the Renaissance episode. Why the fuck did that happen? Oh, they were dead. The Renaissance episode. Yeah. I mean, but what? listen, can we talk about Preacher and his little uh, Any outfit? day of the week, any day of the week you want to talk about that, Shit. I'll talk about that. We almost should just reach back into time for that. That gets its own episode of this season Dude, of Simp wanna... Cap as we just go back to last season, cover it's, that episode at the tail end it's the of season five. For this season? <laughs> yes. It's just him in that outfit. It's like the okay, only all right, redeeming thing. On, yeah, we do. But... We're 20 minutes in. Fuck. <laughs> If you've had any fun listening to any of that, check it out. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash podcast links where all that shit's down below. I'm going to talk to you about Ancestralite, which Macy's kind of worried that we've talked about already. But I'm about as skeptical as it. this as I was skeptical of that five foot echinacea. I just don't know about Fuck. it. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a plant will come out of nowhere and do that to you. Yeah. That's how I found like Ancestralite but- just is on the tip of my tongue. Mm. I feel like I know it, but I like that eggplant purple. Yeah, yeah. It's got a nice color. And it's got a color. Listen, it, it can come in that beautiful gray. I mean, gray. I'm looking at the word gray. It can come in that beautiful purple color. It can also be like a, two t- a two-tone brown, mm. a gray. Uh, it can, it's like kind of a kind of a dusty look, yeah. silver. Kind even. of a bloody color be- now and again. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude, my favorite one is that deep rusty red. Yeah, but ancestralite, it's a a, a rare variation of hematite, um, which every time I hear, I do think nematodes. But it's used for primarily collection these days, uh, and most most often it's prized, it's wanted in its uncut form, in its like raw, untumbled form which is weird because we'll get to an aka it has here in a second but a lot of the times it's left a little bit rough around the edges mm-hmm. um and you know when you when you do that you do have i, I personally like a raw stone um i do too. because you get all the interesting shapes and sizes and all the the little intricate parts of it whereas a tumbled stone you basically know what you're gonna get it is prettier to look at i think like it's shiny Mm -hmm. uh but you know you're gonna get your a little a little turd shaped rock but uh get it raw you can get you can get anything so the sign that this (laughs) is uh associated with is gemini okay um which i feel like we haven't seen a lot we don't get a lot of no. Gemini I don't feel like we've seen that stuff. Yeah, in a while. I swear, every mm. like crystal that I look up is for like Virgo. 
Everything I swear I look up is like it's associated with Virgo. I never see Gemini. I see Aquarius and I Virgo. I feel that way about lot. Cancer. Yeah. I feel that way I about I guess yeah. any I guess Cancer and Pisces. I feel like th- those just lend themselves to be like crystal girlies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> maybe not Scorpio though. Wow. Unless they're like filling a sock with crystals and beating someone to death. Wow. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Shots. <laughs> uh but but y'all know I, with every fiber in my being, wish I was a Scorpio. So I, I, I can say it. <laughs> Listen to me. It's associated with Gemini. And I, uh, for, for good reason, it's got this two-tone thing kind of going on. No matter what color it is, it has a secondary color involved with it. So it gives it this sort of nice uh, fragmented look. or Like kind a two-faced of a fucking Gemini. Like a two-faced fucking Gemini. So uh, listen here, it, it has a, a captivating, a simply captivating history. Yeah, it does. Uh, as in, it is a recent addition to the Mineral Kingdom. Uh, oh, yeah. However, uh, that's only formally because this has been used for, um, 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 excuse me, this has been used for a, a much longer time. However, it is pretty new in like the crystal healing game or like the association game, stuff like that. It initially discovered in Brazil, it's been steadily gaining popularity. It's, mm. uh, let's see, do, do, do. you rock nerds are going to know what this means, but ancestralite is considered a pseudomorph of martite and hematite. So kind of fusing together, it shares some of the sim- uh, uh, some of the similarities of each of those stones, as well as a little bit of magnetite. And its creation, this is what's cool. This is why the history of this stone is is awesome. It dates back to the early stages of Earth's formation. So like deep, 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 this is ancient, old, one of the oldest rocks around, one of the four oldest rock formations around that we have. And um, it, uh, I don't know what this means, but I read that the, the presence of like the glimmery specks within it suggests that it underwent transformative uh, processes within the Earth's cores. Now, I cores, core, uh, and that it took millions of years for this to even rise up to the surface, blah, blah, blah. That is fucking fascinating to me. I know you can probably say that about a lot of rocks, but this one here is so particularly old that it comes by its name naturally it's that ancestor i and obviously you can probably assume a little bit of what it uh helps with connecting with ancestors and um stuff like that but a big part of this stone is generational healing and Mm. we'll get more into that uh later but this this stone really does reach back into time and has been around for just the longest time in the whole world wow yeah, so if we're talking the name Ancestralite, it has this name because this stone is believed to have the power to repair the damage that our ancestors uh, have placed into our line. We need that the, sometimes. Yes. The generational healing. Now, this can be with this stone as soon back as parents, grandparents, and it can be as far back as it needs to be basically, because it existed this entire time, just sitting there cooking it mm. rising up to the surface. Um, and this stone is believed to be able to lessen the impact of these 
thought patterns, behaviors, historical, physical issues, stuff like that. Uh, outside of that, it does just have a good grounding energy. This is a very super de duper earth stone because it comes from so deep within deep. our earth. And it's uh, just very, very tied to being deep, being old. And uh, so if I feel deep and old. Of- I like that. I feel like I could vibe yeah. with this. Yeah. Yeah. Deep and old. Your two favorite colors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it does. It serves as a grounding stone uh, and it does kind of help you ground with ease. So people out there, we hear this a lot like, hey, I have trouble grounding. What does grounding mean? I don't fully understand it. Uh, I myself have talked about I have issues visualizing the like core you know, grow a root to the core of the earth kind of thing. I, I do mine a little bit differently. However, this stone with you is to kind of, it's, it's your, it's your plug-in. It's your middleman. It's there to do the grounding work for you, basically. Mm. Um, so along with that, I want to talk about, sorry, for some reason, my notes are like super out of order, even though I felt like I was looking stuff up in order. Does that ever happen to you? Oh, all the time. You just get back to your notes and they're absolutely It's Yeah, and wipe. you remember leaving them so confidently. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I left and I was like, snatched. Yeah, I do that okay. all the time. Uh, <laughs> okay, so back to this like ancestral cleansing. So this stone is believed to have the power to unearth and dispel Things like unpleasant memories uh, within like our own history and our own lifetime, but also ancestral ties, traumatic experiences, whether that be within your own life or within your uh, your line, your bloodline, perhaps. And also it is a cord cutter for these deeply, deeply, deeply imbued thoughts that we have in our subconscious mind. Um, some online called it an emotional shield but that just makes me think of bella and i don't know if i like i generally don't like thinking of her i don't i generally don't think of bella she's hard she's hard to remember i mean really truthfully it could be a superpower like no one ever thinks of her so she can just kind of slink around i would i would maybe that would be nice sometimes i mean especially if you turn it on and off well no you got to turn Sorry, it on and off. You got to have a switch, you know, but like when you really need it, just be like, boop, just going to slime around yeah. for a little while and nobody's going to know. It would be nice if my go-to emotion wasn't like court jester, you know, but it is. So I got to, <laughs> I got to live with what I was given. See, I'm a born um, lurker, I think. <laughs> you know what? We make a good team because yeah, like we if we ever needed to like sleuth our way out of something, yeah. like I could be the distraction and I feel like you would actually get the shit done. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, some people see it as uh, the emotional shield that will protect us against uh, frustration, pain, and otherwise continuing to build upon this generational trauma and this stuff that we can kind of pass down through the line, whether it be through us having biological children ourselves or whether it be a um, just the stamp that we leave behind. Mm-hmm. If you do any kind of work with, uh, say, the Akashic Records or anything like that, this is a good stone to work on uh, our karmic lessons 
um, and dissipating our deeply lodged fears and anxieties that we have that might not even be our own. They might not even be something that we acquired ourselves. It was just sort of, I don't know, pre-programmed in there. And then mm-hmm. we're left to deal with it. And then ancestors just like, sorry, dude, I'm dead now. <laughs> uh, you deal with this shit. Dude, I can't wait to get to that point. Yeah, when you're just like in the, you've like, just kicked up your ghost heels and you're just like, yeah, 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 I yeah. tried. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Light and incense. Fix me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, another use that I saw for this stone that I want to tread lightly with, because y'all know how I feel about this, but I wanted to throw it out there. Does because- it eliminate all mental health problems? Dude, brother, does it? Listen here. It provides powerful relief for what I saw described online as attention disorders. It fix them right up. Attention disorders. Yeah. Yeah. Solved it. Um, as well as That's how you fix the Adderall shortage. Just anxiety. go get you some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. tape it to your Shove forehead. An ancestralite up your butt. Yeah. You don't need anything fine. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if, if, yeah, if we ever have to stop making Prozac, we're fixed. We're good. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I don't like to, I don't like to go there, but I think that they can be good additives. And of course they're there to, these things are here to strengthen our, um, intention and things like that. So as long as we're taking care of the things that we need to take care of on the mundane level first, then we can kind of kick off and do whatever you need to with spirit. Yes. Speaking of kicking off and doing what we need to with spirit, this stone not only is great for grounding, but it also has a profound connection to the universe. Profound. Making it capable of getting up there into the the ether, accessing our past, exposing and erasing the problems that we have had so we can, you know, make a new make a new make a new way forward. Erasing seems like a strong word. Erasing seems like just another way of saying eliminating. That seems like you're going back in time. And we've learned from plenty of movies that you don't go back in time and fiddle around. You just kind of... No. You don't erase it. That immediately made me paranoid. It was like, erasing previous problems. I was like, then what? Shit. But what if you... But if that never happened? What what then? You just butterfly affected yourself. Your whole life is ruined by this rock. Yeah. Yeah. If I go back and I delete all the generational trauma that happened, what if that means I'm not here? Dude, shot yourself in the foot. Too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Um, Oh, the thing that I wanted to end on uh, is just if you go and do... Research about this stone yourself. Well, I say end on. I do have a little something after this. But if you go and if you look up this stone, I saw a a lot about the erasing of generational trauma. uh, But also, I saw a lot about dementia (laughs) and how this can be a stone used to help to relieve anxiety from dementia, as well as like all the other stuff about like ADHD and anxiety and shit like that. Um, I just want to say be careful with that. Of course. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even probably maybe more so than anything else. Uh, let's just, uh, and that's not to say to that you can't on. get a good pendant for someone suffering from that. that no, they can of wear. course not. But yeah, it's not of just course. like, a, oh, we'll just put grandma in the room with a bunch of ancestral yes. light and sh- she'll be fine. 
locker in those in the stone room and it'll cure no yeah yeah yeah. i just i i'm always very wary of that kind of stuff and normally if i don't think it's worth mentioning i won't mention it however because this was such a touted use for this but listen here generational trauma coming up on uh spooky season it got me it got me wanting something i wanted a good old, an old-fashioned, spooky, scary, campfire-style AI story. Mm. And I have one. Oh. I have one here. Okay. Yeah, yeah I got one. This is a hard, um, rough transition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it kind of just stopped there. <laughs> uh, I got to the point in my notes where I was like, that's good. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. But listen here. This is not the good AI, okay? This is the this is the shit. I don't AI. want the good AI. I have beef with the good I AI. The only AI I'm comfortable with is the shitty one that we use. Ink block. What is it called? I can Inferkit never Inferkit.app. Inferkit. Yeah. So I have here in the quiet town of Ravenswood, which mm. I will like to say the AI picked the name itself. Tight. So I just yeah. kind of shuffled the name of the town up to the front. But okay, uh, in the quiet town of Ravenswood, where whispers of ancestral secrets and the weight of genera- genera- generational trauma hung heavy in the air, Damn. two inseparable cousins, Charlie and Macy, stumbled upon the enigmatic, 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 yeah. Ancestral Lightstone. The mysterious crystal possessed an eerie ability to mend the long-forgotten wounds of their family's past. Damn. Their bond, forged in both blood and friendship, led them to a fateful decision. My bond. Haunted. So here we are. We're full, we're full, fully jumping into the AI at this point. Okay. Okay. Haunted by the sinister specters of their lineage, Charlie and Macy felt an unshakable resolve. Mm. The ancestral agony that had festered for generations needed exercising. Oh, they yeah. Believed, yeah. They believed this cryptic crystal held the key. As if driven by a dark, otherworldly force, the cousins made a solemn pact. A pact born of desperation. A pact to save each other from the... <laughs> a pact to save each other from the malevolent whispers of their ancestral ghosts. Okay. Sure, damn. Their quest to obtain the crystal led them down a twisted path. Yet, they journeyed deeper into the heart of their family's secrets. No, thank it you. It became painfully clear that neither of them were the ones in need of the stone. <laughs> could not <laughs> the pa- the stone's powers could not fix Macy's memory and it could not quell Charlie's yearning for her lost love stone so okay we do we maybe do need it then or we don't i, I thought know, that man. it was i, I thought it threw that... shade at the whole rest of the family saying that's not them yeah. it's everybody <laughs> else need this fucking you are uh, <laughs> apparently i have a lost love named stone which i thought was pretty tight stone Stone. All right. uh, Let's see. Macy turned to Charlie. Once we sleep, we never wake. Damn. Heavy. 
Charlie replied, well, we have to die sometime. Maybe we could do it together. That's, you know what? Good attitude, I guess. I then tried to kind of get it back on track and, and I inserted this next part myself. Macy questioned Charlie, what does this have to do with finding the Ancestralite? That's a good question. So now back to Charlie simply replied, we have to try. Then the girls embarked on a perilous journey, stealing a car to search for the Ancestralite. But the hunt Hell proved yeah. treacherous. Yeah, I know, right? We're pulling a midnight uh, sun. Let's see. After layers and layers of twisted history unraveled, they stumbled upon a disturbing truth. The stone allowed ancestors to share their memories. An infection of darkness that seemed linked Shit. to their an- ancient family. Shit. They knew that they could never use the stone. Who the ancestors? Yet they clung to the faint. They clung to the faint hope of obtaining it. It's That's our ultimate weapon," said Macy. Stupid. Our most forbidden pleasure. Oh shit! And then here we have a new character. You know, like how it likes to add new characters sometimes. Yes, this it just, does. This is a character by the name of the Source. Oh, so, like the Source begins to speak and says. This is my creation, said the source. The ancestors entrusted me with this stone. It's more than just a stone. It's a stone gateway. Are we talking to God? I guess, dude. This stone gateway is the link to the souls who have died before us. The ancestors believe that this stone can cure our past. And then it pulled a really hard downturn. It just said, and so their story came to an end. Charlie and Macy gained a profound understanding to what ancestral light represents. Macy mused, this is ancestral light. The end. Gives you a real, gives you a real dark tower ending. Great. It just decided it was over. Wow. Uh... (laughs) Uh, okay. Yeah. There that is. I still... As always, I'm left with more questions. I don't really know what happened. I want to know why Um, God... who, What family lines were we involved with to the point that God needed to get involved? God needed to step in. Yeah. The source. The source. Which is sweet. Yeah, I do like that after all that shit that the source said about like, this is the stone. It's not just a stone. It's a stone gate. And then you just turn and like turn to me and just go, this is ancestral light. (laughs) I don't give a shit what that guy says over there. That dickhead. (laughs) This is ancestral light. (laughs) I know what I know. And this is that. It's like like you wanted to translate what he said for me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alrighty, let me pull up my notes now. I sure wish that you would. Uh, you ready to learn about corn, bro? Dude, you ever just make like uh, Johnny Cakes? Uh, we talk a little bit about Johnny Cakes today. Ooh, uh, various forms of corn. I- I've never made them, but I've had one. They are delicious. Uh, there's not really very many varieties of stuff made from cornmeal and corn flour like corn that i don't like at truth truthfully yeah. and as is yeah. the case for a lot of 
humanity. Uh, that is corn's good, bro. Yeah, it is. And it undoubtedly plays a massive role in the development of human history as we know it today, as well as the functionings of the global food supply that we know today. A lot of it is there's a lot of dependency put on corn, not just here in North America, but also uh, in various places all around the world. However, corn used to look quite different from the very uniform commercial yellow corn that we see in the store today. We kind of have a banana story here. Oh. Because, in fact, the the story of corn is one of thousands and thousands of years of human interaction with corn being really what became a foundational element to what became eventually great civilizations. And it all begins in Mexico and Central America, as do many remarkable historical happenings that influence the overall history of the world. And like with genes... Are we going to... Are we going to talk about why... How it became known as corn in English? Because, like, corn is one of the stupidest sounding fucking words. But, like, maize? That's tight. Yeah, you know what? I don't even... I I don't... I I did look up that they are often, like, used interchangeably. But I did not look up the uh, etymology of corn. I didn't. Because I actually don't know how it became corn um dork and so as is with the genes of humanity there's some interesting developments in corn genetics thousands of years ago that still there's some mystery kind of as to the domestication process where that was and and when and we're going to get into that but according to this i read this really great uh, smithsonian article that was regarding uh the genetic sequencing sequencing of specimens of corn that were found at El Gigante uh, Rock Shelter, which is on Honduras. And it's maybe lent some interesting information as to the development, the domestication of corn as we know it today, or at least as a relative that we would see and recognize from where it began. But first, let's get into that. Let's talk about the overall domestication timeline of corn. And it seems that in Mexico, 9,000 years ago, domestication efforts began with selective breeding of corn's wild ancestor called Teosinti. And it was it was a more of a grain like kind of pinky sized end kind of uh, but more grain kernel like than the corn that we would know today. And interestingly, While it was originally thought that they finished the domestication process before corn spread, it seems that this partially domesticated, like, hybrid specimen was spread to central and south, or at least central for certain, I'm uncertain necessarily about the timeline of South America, as kind of this prototype specimen that was like halfway what became corn and halfway uh, out of Teosinti, this initial starting plant. And does, does that still exist or did it just completely become corn? Uh, you know, that's a good question. You're asking all of the things I don't know today. Um, Never mind. But it might. It, sh- it probably um, unless I don't know. colonization efforts wiped it out, which is possible. Uh, no, we, 
<laughs> we so they know this because this is this is how are they figuring this out how do how are they knowing that there's all of these specimens that were spreading to central and south america before the original timeline said that it was supposed to before it was supposed to have been leaving mexico well el gigante rock shelter in Honduras is a special place because it contains well-preserved plant remains in layers, kind of, that span back over the last 11,000 years. Jesus. So it's a really great archaeological site. And there are over 10,000 maize remains, uh, from whole cobs to little fragments to, like, some stalks and husks. And scientists can do magic gene sequencing on the cobs and some of these guys were 2000 years old and they were already looking like fully domesticated and this is central america and this is like in in like honduras this isn't mexico where it was all supposed to start how did they have this so early because they had another corn cob that aged 4300 years old that looked just as domesticated and how was it there 2000 years without it before it was supposed to be and they couldn't get dna sequencing on it because it was too fucking old but it looked just like the one that was 2000 years old even though they couldn't sequence it but like you know what i'm saying and so it was like the timelines aren't adding up to how it was originally thought the domestication process of corn happened and it just seems that it started spreading much earlier. Basically, as these new varieties were getting invented, they traveled and kind of spread to other places that were then domesticating corn in their own and kind of their own ways, it seems. So what's interesting, though, is that they were sequencing these corn cobs from 2000 years ago and saw in the genes, there's South America shit in there. How's there South America shit in there? And I don't really know how you look at a gene sequence and be like, that looks like South America. But like they looked at it and were like, there's South American plants involved here somewhere. And it was faint, but it was consistent in what they were testing. And it seems that so that all means that potentially people brought specimens from South America to the domestication sites of corn in Mexico and Central America over 4300 years ago. Before domestication, before domesticated corn reached South America again. So it was like it was sent up and it was all being worked out up there well before the domesticated version ever even came back to South America. But specimens were brought up like 4,300 years ago to start this domestication process uh, in which they thought initially all of this happened in Mexico and then spread outwards when it was done. But it looks like this was a, a widespread effort of different places domesticating corn in mass uh, over the span of time. And it seems, though, that this South America infusion of whatever these plant genes were was like the ticket. It seems after this is when they can really start tracking the yield output and corn becoming something much more viable. But it's like it took that long distance because that's a that's a tremendous distance to travel. And why? It's amazing to think about people that long ago having, and of course they do. They, again, they have the same brains that we do, and it's easy for us to forget it. And that's why I love studying stuff like this, because this was a coordinated effort going on here, or at least it seems so with how this science is looking like. I mean, someone had to have traveled to South America to get this, to bring it back. It's amazing to figure how they figured that out. Not because, like, I'm like, oh, people were stupid. It's just, like, they didn't have the, I don't know, microscopes that we have. Like, 
It just seems like how how did that how you figure that out? Well, and we've just seen it, it. This was like in the in the peaches episode, how far back the domestication of peaches went in China. And it's just humans so far, so long ago understood this. And it's just fascinating. And you see it with corn. And it's so it's further back. And there was a line here uh, from this article that said, we are starting to see a confluence of data from multiple studies in Central America indicating that maize was becoming a more productive staple crop of increasing dietary importance between 4,700 and 4,000 years ago. So that's a, that's just wild. And yeah. really... It all seems to largely hinge on that injection of genetic diversity that came from South America, like 4,300 years ago, which is just, it's like, what is the story there? I want to know the story there so badly. How was that organized? Was it brought? Was it gone and gotten? Like, how did they think that's, they couldn't call someone up, you know? It's just wild to me. I just love it so much. It's aliens. I'm not joking. (laughs) Wild. And this proposed timeline also lines up with the appearance of the real first settled agricultural communities in Mesoamerica that ultimately gave rise to the great civilizations in the Americas, you know, the Olmec, the Maya, the Aztec, and you need food to feed cities. And City, I mean, truly, cities are built on full stomachs. You have to feed people. And you have to be able to feed armies. Because otherwise they die. Yeah. Like you, it's part of it is you have to be able to feed the people that live in cities. And it shows the cleverness at hand to be able to feed massive amounts of people. And we're talking massive amounts of people because these Central American societies were huge. Some of these cities having... Over 200,000 people in them, like, you know, cities like Teotihuacan and uh, like Tenochtitlan, like both of those had over 200,000 people in them thousands of years ago. You have to have infrastructure and you have to be able Mm. to feed that many people and support such populations. And I just think this is the importance of looking into the history of food, Uh you know, just because it it helps to see an understanding of civilization so early on. And I think it just speaks to our ancestors and how they are so much more than we think, you know, mm-hmm. um, or ancient yeah. peoples, if these are not like your ancestors, of course, but like, you know, just the, the minds of the ancestors yeah the ancestors and it's just it's humbling and it's amazing and by the time the colonizers arrived from spain varieties of corn were spread around central america different ones and mexico and even south america so this was of course taken back to spain and it began to spread across parts of europe reaching asia as well as africa but before any of that bullshit happened Corn was making its way upwards too, traveling up uh, from Mesoamerica and to what we would now recognize into the United States. But then Whoa. it was the lands of you mean many different America? native, huh? America, America. Uh, but then Whoa. it was the lands of a bunch of different native peoples in living 
that had been living there for thousands of years in, in balance. And I had a hard time pinning down when corn reached what is now the southern United States. But I did see a figure that I, that was 2000 years ago, give or take, but the number kind of floated around. However, it does seem pretty concrete is that a thousand years ago, Native peoples were cultivating corn in what is now considered New England. So a thousand years ago, it had made it oh, wow. that far. Okay. And it was being managed smartly, grown and being stored uh, in meal and understanding how to improve crop yields, continuing the selective breeding. And it's here that I want to plop in our lovely little guest spot today with summer uh to have our to to kind of settle in here and once again summer is uh an indigenous woman of the cherokee nation and she's telling us the story of corn today so just yay settle into this wonderful voice and uh we'll be back we'll be back on the other side and uh we can go ahead and get rocking and rolling here i'm so so goddamn excited uh, <laughs> about this. I really, really am. And I think we can get going with just you introducing yourself. And a lot of people have the have the esteemed pleasure of getting to know you already if they've been to Anahatas. But let's <laughs> let's uh, have you say who you are. Well, my name is Summer Parker. I am an indigenous woman. I'm a member of the Cherokee Nation. And I'm really excited to share one of our stories with you guys. <laughs> I'm so excited to listen to it. Uh, I've heard you tell a handful now. And every time I just turn into a child just listening with wide eyes, like I, I just go completely <laughs> silent and just absorb it in. And I was so happy when we kind of had our little back and forth text being like, would you want to do this? You were like, yeah, I want to do this. Like, Hell yeah, we're going to do this. Uh, <laughs> so I'm super ready to to sit back and just listen to your wonderful, tasty voice tell oh. <laughs> a wonderful tale. Well, all right. Let's just dive right into it then. Um, well, I say dive right into it, but I want to make a couple of notes just before mm. I get started. Uh, whenever you're telling Native stories, uh, you really have to listen to them with a different, uh, a different kind of understanding than what we have in modern Western civilization. Uh, because we are so used to speaking quickly, concisely. We're used to conveying information in the most efficient way possible. So, and it's a lot of facts based, mm -hmm. like, you know, go through and we take things very literally. Yeah. That's not the way it's done with indigenous storytelling. There's a lot of symbology there. These stories are meant to stay with you throughout your life. And you think back on them periodically and it, it can take a lifetime to truly understand some of the stories. So I just want to, uh, throw that out there so that people can kind of bear in mind, you know, this is folklore and uh, not everything is as literal as what we're used to mm -hmm. in our everyday reading. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, with that, just bear that in mind. And I just want to, I just really hope that people listen to this story and that they really think about it. Mm -hmm. 
you know, over time and come to understand the lessons that are folded into it sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Enough of, enough of my babbling. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So the story I'm going to tell you, is, we call it the origin of corn. Long ago, there lived a grandmother and her two grandsons. The young men spent much of their time in the mountains hunting for deer and wild turkeys, and they always had plenty to eat. One day, the grandmother saw that the young men were preparing their gear to leave on a hunt. She approached them as they cleaned and readied their weapons and said to them, I see that you're about to go hunting. When you return, I'll have the most delicious meal prepared. I'll cook all of the old meat with this thing that they call corn, and I and will drink the broth from it. The young men agreed and set out. As they walked, they wondered about this corn their grandmother had mentioned. They'd never heard the word spoken before. I wonder what this corn is, one of them said. His brother replied, well, when we return home, we'll find out. After a successful hunt, they shouldered the deer that they had killed and headed home. When they got there, they saw a large pot bubbling over the fire. Inside the pot, they noticed the meat was boiling with bits of something that they had never seen before. What is it you have boiling in this pot, they asked. It's called grits, their grandmother told them. They didn't ask her where she got it, but agreed that it was the best meal that they had ever eaten. They thanked their grandmother and told her how delicious her meal was. She smiled and said to them, I'm happy that you enjoyed it. I'll make more food tomorrow. The next day, the young men prepared for another hunt. They were after turkeys this time, so their grandmother decided that she would cook the dried turkey meat they already had with more of the corn grits. When the young men returned, dinner was announced. They ate the turkey and grits and agreed that this was the best meal they had ever had. They thanked their grandmother again and told her how delicious her food was. She smiled at them and said, I'm happy to hear you say this. The next day, the young men went to the forest again. One of them kept thinking about the corn. He said to his brother, this thing grandmother calls corn. I wonder where she gets it. She said that she was going to cook again today. I think I'll go hide somewhere and see where she gets it. The young man took off toward home. Once he got there, he hid behind the smokehouse to wait for his grandmother to get the corn. And after a while, she came out to the smokehouse with a large pan and went inside. Her grandson peeked through a hole in the smokehouse wall to see what she was doing, and what he saw shocked him. He saw his grandmother place the empty pan on the ground. She leaned over, and she began to strike her sides and her armpits. And as she did so, he saw small kernels drop into the pan. She did this until the pan was full, and then returned to the fire, where she dumped the grits into the pot and began to cook them. The young man snuck away quietly and returned to where he had left his brother. When he got there, his brother asked him, well, what did you learn? The young man replied, telling his brother about what he'd seen in the smokehouse. He told him about how their grandmother would strike her sides and how the corn would fall from her body. His brother exclaimed, what an unsavory thing we've been eating. That evening when they returned home, their grandmother awaited them with a large pot of food, but the young man had agreed that they wouldn't eat any more of what she'd given them. Their grandmother saw that they weren't eating and asked them, what's wrong? You're not eating. Don't you like me anymore? The young men were muttered quietly about being too tired from the hunt to eat, but neither of them would look at their grandmother. When she noticed this, she nodded in understanding. Or maybe you weren't eating because you learned something somewhere that made you not like me anymore. It was at that moment that their grandmother fell ill. 
She knew that they had learned her secret and she could no longer stay with them. So she took to bed and told her grandsons what they should do. She told them to clear a spot in their yard to bury her and to build a large fence around it. Once I'm buried, she said, something will grow from the middle of my grave. It'll grow tall and flower at the top. On the lower part will come out beautiful tassels and inside of them will be kernels. It will bear two or three ears of corn with corn silk on them. Leave the ears alone and care for the plant. Once the kernels dry, you can store them for winter. In the spring, plant them in the ground, care for the plants, and you will have plenty to eat. This thing called corn is I, and it will have its origins in me. When she died, her grandsons did as she said, and in the spring used their hoes to make holes for planting the corn. From the kernels given to them from their grandmother, they were able to plant a very large field of corn. And that was the beginning of there being so much corn. They remembered what the old woman had said. I will be the corn mother. Don't ever forget where I am buried. From this beginning, there came so much corn that everyone in the world was able to have some. And that's what I know. That's the end of it. That's all. I love that. I have chills. Uh, you tell stories so beautifully. I just love hearing them. And of course, it's layered with the additional meaning. Uh, but just your voice and the conviction that you tell them with is just lovely. I love, <laughs> thank you so much for for coming on and, and sharing sharing that with us. Well, thank you so much for allowing me the space to share it. I, I'm so happy. <laughs> me too (laughs) and I am yeah I mean really I don't know what much else to say it always speaks for itself um and there's just such beautiful imagery in there like I, I listened to it with my eyes closed and just imagined and I love the imagery in the smokehouse that's so neat to think about you know, and I was wondering when you were in the beginning saying, like, let's take this with, you know, let's listen to this with kind of some open ears, you know, and it's like, I wonder what, what it's going to be. And it was very interesting. Yeah, it's um, the stories, they kind of have different lessons. Like I said, they have different lessons kind of folded into them. Mm-hmm. And the stories are told in such a way that the lessons taken from them can be like you don't really understand them until you've lived life a bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these stories, we carry them with us through our entire lives. And, you know, when we're kids, we might take things very, very literally. But even just last night, I was reading an old story that I have that I've read a hundred times before. And something clicked in my brain that was like, oh, that could this means this, but it could mm. also mean. Yeah. So, so layered. Yeah, exactly. So um, hopefully this story stays with you know your listeners and they can carry it with them and learn lessons as they, as they live their lives. And then as they go, you know, go on their journeys throughout this world and they can, think back on that and kind of uh, have a little bit of wisdom tucked away. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. I know that I certainly will. I think about the ones that I've heard you tell often, honestly, uh, because they are applicable. They're applicable to life. And they are something that I've, I've, I think about the one about strawberries that you mm -hmm. shared with me so often. And I just find that they just bubble up just out of my consciousness sometimes. And they just, they're such a wonderful lens to, to put on and see the world through. Um, so no, I have no doubt that this one will definitely stay with those who hear it because it's very thought provoking and you tell it so well. Oh, well, thank you for that. I, uh, I try. I practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it shows. And uh, I'll go ahead. I'll let you go. I can't, I can't wait to put this all, uh, to put this all together. And um, everybody's going to love it. And thank you again, Summer, uh, for, for giving us such a gift, really. Oh, I'm more than happy to share. So if you ever want another story, just uh, don't hesitate to let me know. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we will for sure. All righty. Bye, friend. Bye. As I mentioned earlier, just every time I, I listen to Summer tell stories, I, I just feel uh, so centered and again, a little uh, like a little stoned on the words. And I, uh, I don't know, I just I love it. And I, uh, I hope that y'all enjoyed that. Hope that y'all enjoyed that, too, because she's excellent at what she does. And it's a sweet story. So Corn is also a thread that runs through the slave trade. Because while it wasn't a main cash crop, such as cotton or tobacco was, enslaved people had to manage and grow it uh, as well uh, because it was a staple in their diets. So it was grown uh, for their food. And of course, they also had to grow their own food. And they needed to be creative with it because it, you know, it's not like they were treated well, that they were given a variety of foods. Uh, they had to make do with what they had and get creative with what they had. And here you find a strong tie of corn in black foodways, which is very largely the backbone of Southern cuisine in America, right. uh, though people might like to ignore that fact. But corn in many forms appeared on the table often initially from necessity, being what was permitted to be grown to feed themselves uh, during times of being enslaved, then needing to cook often things at a low cost due to subsequent systemic barriers of entry that made it harder to make the same money as white people following abolition. So it is built into the origins of this oppression. And corn, though not native to Africa like okra, it's similar in being such a part of soul food, cuisine through the same roots of slavery and sub subsequent oppressions and food scarcities. And it's, it's important that we know those aspects. Again, this is why it's important to study our food. And there were many different kinds of corn in all different colors, different varieties. You might have seen red and blue and even some of like the different color varieties, uh, which you can still find in heirloom seeds and things like that. And there are also organizations that work in preserving these strains of corn uh, that could very easily be lost 
in the industrial monocropping age that we have found ourselves in with it just being like white and yellow corn only. Uh, and it's important to preserve these in varieties because not only does that kind of farming strip the land, um, don't boof, don't boof in me. Um, is that a bo- was that a boofing? It was a boofing, a tiny one. Uh, not only does that kind of farming strip the land, but it also very, it, it's amazing how quickly it can erase generations upon generations of knowledge or strains of corn that existed in certain climates because it suited them best. Because again, a lot of these varieties were formed regionally uh, to fit certain biomes and conditions, maybe some more higher mountain climbs or lower on down. And with that, you get these unique varieties of corn that suited them best, but they were also balanced with nature because they were growing there in a way that was suitable. And with that, you get cultural food diversity that's in balance with nature and that tells the story of people that developed them. And uh, it's it's something that can get really quickly erased by industrialized like monocropping. But corn was and is important. And uh, it was important to many different peoples. Uh, the Native Americans shared their knowledge of corn with the colonizers, colonizers which <laughs> did not respond in kind in the long run at all, as we should know well. Uh, uh. But it is so woven, corn, the, the corn's story in American history alone is layered uh and it was interesting to to delve delve into that delve into that today and when we get into the metaphysical properties of corn there are many and corn is a crop of the harvest sabbats which we are rolling on into finally finally and it's happening to me it's harvest ranges from August to October, depending on kind of where you are in North America here. And uh, it's no stranger to altars, wreaths, centerpieces, as well as magic itself during the harvest time of year, a.k.a. fall, a.k.a. where we are right now, though you are not limited to yeah, using corn magic only this time of year. And that's because corn. Except you, Southern hum- Hemisphere. Yeah. Southern hummus. Hum- Yum. So, corn's versatile, right out of the gate, as it is in preparation of eating it. It is highly versatile. And in magic, you have a whole bunch of the parts of the plant that can be used. You have the kernels, the husk, the cob, the corn silk, the stalk even. The cob. The cob. So everything's on a cob. <laughs> uh, corn is a symbol of prosperity, luck, abundance. And it makes sense because dried kernels of corn are literally like money, especially when you look at them in an mm. old world view. You have something that could keep you alive, something that could keep itself for a long time. It's not going to spoil. A sack of corn was a blessing, is a blessing. And it's valuable and important when we look at it with the lens that's not kind of tainted with modern ability, you know. And corn kernels 
dried ones. They're gemstones of sustenance, of life, even trade, if need be. And it's easy to see the wealth aspect associated with corn when we look at it this way. And corn silk could be dried and added to incense blends, apparently. I really want to try that, uh, to infuse this prosperous but also protective energy because the corn silk shelters the corn inside of the husk. Makes sense. And uh, to just add that protective element. And I was just like, that is neat. I really want to try that. You ever just had some roasted corn? Oh, my God, dude. Put the whole thing in the husk, just like off. oh yeah, baby. on the fire, on the on the fucking flames. God yeah, damn, dude. dude. Yes, <clears throat> I, I've been thinking about roasted corn a lot since roasted I've been doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for so good. a good roasted corn. Oh, so Let's put you some butter on it. You can also apparently fry corn silk, and it makes like a crispy, what? like a crispy garnish. Which sounds really interesting texturally. And corn silk tea is also uh, a nutritious option uh, as well uh, as uh, apparently it can help kind of soothe uh, cystitis and occasional bladder. Hey, I'm going to make you leave if you do it again. Stop. She said, I have cystitis. Stop. So uh, it can really soothe conditions such as cystitis, occasional bladder inflammation, things, uh, things like that. But it's soothing in nature as well. So you can just kind of use that protective, soothing nature. You can make some corn silk tea, um, which apparently is, uh, has some nutrition to it as well. Huh. And I want to say... Gosh, what is it that I've seen it in hair treatments or skin? I always see corn silk in one of those two things, but I don't remember. But it's I've like seen with corn silk for blah blah blah. Oh yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. I feel like I, I was going to say, don't silk. they describe like a certain color of blonde as corn silk as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can oh also more corn to use ways to use the corn body you can make corn, corn dollies you can use corn dollies you can use the husk yes. so you've used your corn silk you've fried you up some 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 corn silk you made you corn silk tea you made you corn silk incense now you got all this husk what are you gonna do make corn dollies with yeah. them husks and that's a really good Cute. way to celebrate uh the the harvest sabbats uh it's a fun one you can do with the kiddos as well Remember the, and, the little corn husk dolly beds that you could make? I do remember that. What was that uh, for Ludensa? I think that was, uh, I think so, for like St. Bridget. I don't remember. I, I, I saw that, but the, the most frequently I, I saw was uh, Ludensa and Mabin. Mabin? Mm. I should know. I see Maybone. Maybone. So dried corn kernels, you can add those to spell jars for luck, abundance, prosperity. You could also add them uh, to a jar and you could sound clean, clear with them. Oh. Shaking your dried oh. corn kernels. Uh, Brother, what if you did it with like a thing of Jiffy Pop? You could. You could. I've got Jiffy Pop in here as well and a little magic spell. Oh! Because uh, you can do a lot of things with that, but you can shake it all around and you're sowing your seeds of prosperity and luck as you sound cleanse, shaking your little corn jar around. Uh, and 
corn, I think, teaches us to be adaptable with its versatility. It can be dried and ground into a meal that's turned into so many different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be eaten whole. It can be popped, which is what? It is flexible. And that is what has made it so important for the development of human civilizations. And corn is also a symbol of protection. As we mentioned, it's all wrapped up in its whole ear form. And I thought, I was thinking like, well, it's like a little neat little popcorn spell. Let's do a little little popcorn spell. And this might already exist. This is just something that I thought of as I was doing notes. You, You get you some dried popcorn, right? Popcorn variety corn. Okay, there's a difference. And you get these kernels, right? Now, you got options here. You could have a, it, it, this depends on your level of dedication, okay? So you can have your loose kernels that come in the glass jar. You can have your, that, which is I would call highest difficulty level. Then you've got your Jiffy Pop, medium difficulty level. And then you got a bag of microwave popcorn, which is easy level. All of okay. these are valid. All of them work. It just depends on what you want to go for and how much ceremony you want to involve here. But get your kernels, whether they're in a jar, they're in a bag, or they're in a foil container with a handle on it. Program them with your intention. What do you want to see popped to life? Coming to fruition, oh. bursting forth into your reality. And I think this would be better for more short-term things. You know, you're looking to just kind of get things going here versus the long, slow simmer. It's kind of the same logic as a short burn down candle spell versus, mm-hmm. you know, a long one. And this is quick action. But get you your batch of kernels mentally or tell them what you want to see manifested and get you a pan and some oil and a lid if you're doing difficulty level hard with your your loose kernels, you know, or get you that little get you that little foil jiffy pop and you start moving that shit back and forth on that burner or unwrap the plastic layer on a bag of microwave popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> and open it after you've hugged it to your chest and infused all of those mm. kernels and you've spoken your piece what you want to see popped into existence, you put that bitch in the microwave. And yes, you, yes, you, yes. you've whispered your dreams into it, and now you're going to pop them to life. And then you're going to eat it. You're going to eat your dreams. And why are you going to eat Good. your dreams? Aww. Because you're going to no longer be separated from them. They're tangible now. No longer fantasy or up in the air. They are tangible little kernels that you can charge yourself up with as energy. And as you crunch away on a nice little snack. And Aww. Don't forget your dreams. Eat your dreams. Eat your you'll, dreams. You'll be better off. Corn is associated with Mother Earth and can be used in honoring the great Earth spirit, whether she be a mother to you or not. Uh, corn itself is life for many and has been for thousands of years. It is life. It is food. It is the promise of next year's life. Uh, especially when you're talking about seed saving and planting crops in order to survive and its culture, especially the strains that developed regionally and sustainably to support specific biomes and conditions, strains 
that were threatened by colonization or wiped out entirely uh, later on by industrialization and also culturally uh, involved in its place in history in the food that we see here in America and the stories underneath it. And corn, I think, asks us to change our perspective on what value truly means. And as times get harder, and as we're all kind of just starting to watch civilization as we know it beginning to unravel, you know, at the seams, here, yeah, 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 we have something that reminds us of what wealth truly is and what abundance means. Because food is everything. And when the abundance of choice and accessibility is stripped away, we can perhaps see the importance of that ear of corn that we might kind of scoff at, you know, that sack of meal, those dried kernels. It's cheap, sure. And a lot of the times it's, you know, especially here in America, a lot of the it's grown for animal feed. It's largely subsidized, industrially grown. But that's the modern veneer that has been slapped over it, kind of changing corn from the roots from the story, its origins, and uh, as well as covering up the the roots of corn in this country. Um, there's so much to it there. And I think that corn, though simple, you know, it, while on the surface, it's anything but that. And it's it just it encourages flexibility. And I love that and creativity um, and it's one of those things that just because, you know, it is cheap, it doesn't mean that it isn't important and that you can't do some amazing things with it. Not to mention you can cook some incredibly loving, loving special food with corn. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's that's corn going from like 10,000 years ago to now having our big, thick, wet, yellow corn cobs. I love the word cob. Cob. It's just it's one of those that that you know I can. It it feels tangible. It makes me think like of purple. A cob salad, which I love. Cob. So it makes me want to chew on a corn cob. I I've yours better. I've never wanted to chew on a corn cob. What? Like I'll eat corn off the cob, but I don't want to chew on the cob. Dude, I'll gnaw that cob down after mm. I eat the corn off of it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's nice and squishy. Mm. Well, there you, you go. The, you get some of the juice out of it. You do get juice, I bet. I bet you get that cob yeah. juice. Cob juice. <laughs> Cobra. <laughs> All right. That's cute. Everybody make a corn dolly. I, you know, I've never made a corn dolly. I want to. Let's all make corn dollies this season and put them on our front yards and, like, freak people out. We'll be like, I've been seeing a lot of corn dolls recently. Yeah, everybody make you a little corn dolly. They're cute. And then uh, I saw that you, you can just burn your corn dollies. You can let your corn dollies <gasps> and then, you, like, ha infuse them and, like, but, like, they, you can burn them in a form of manifestation. Which I was like, that's metal. That's that's pretty, yeah. That's sweet. Tight. I kind of like that. Yeah. I'm going to put mine in some, like, uh... Like little golf corn dolly clothes. Nice. Yeah. Let her live her best life for a little while. Yeah, get like some black up. napkins and like staple together yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, like sweet yeah. clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Cute. I could dig it. Yeah. 
Yeah. <sighs> wow. That was meaty. It was. Yeah, there was a lot. I, I knew when I chose to do corn, I was like, there's a lot that is going to be involved yeah. here. And I hope yeah. that it, I that it's right. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat my weight in Johnny Cakes. I um, I take pride in my cornbread. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're talking. I make it from scratch. No, I, I, I usually, I, I do like a jalapeno cornbread. I usually don't make it with jalapenos, um, because I make it a little bit, a little uh, bit sweeter, a little bit sweeter. Cream, cream, cream corn, cream corn. You put so cream corn in there? I don't put that because that's kind of like a corn casserole, but like. It's a little softer, Ugh. you know, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I fucking Give me that sweet, soft love mush. it. But uh, I usually just go like the old school equal parts cornmeal, equal parts flour, mm. you know, and got, got a little sugar in there and then like a, mash that like a up. Cracker barrel. Kinda. Yeah, it's kind of I make mine kind of like that and then mash it up in a big ass bowl of beans yeah. and Hell cry yeah. into it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, we have a uh, a relative that is no longer around. This goes back a couple of gens, I believe, and uh, they they would uh they would crumble up cornbread into a glass of buttermilk. Buttermilk with a spoon. Yeah, as that? a as a that? dessert, that was when the palate yeah. was not as conditioned to sweetness as ours is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like one of our um one of one of the younger than them people in our family would get like bummed out about it. I no uh, every I uh, both both of them as I know yeah. it were um <laughs> because it's like oh you want a sweet treat here's you some sour curdly Corn milk bread. and some cornbread soaking up some gross ass buttermilk that I'm sure you didn't get like from the store I, just, I Bet you made that buttermilk yourself. Which I would be more want to want that buttermilk, but even so, I don't know. It's not. I don't trust it. It's not sw sweet, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll eat if you mash me up a piece of cornbread and a glass of milk. I am, I'm drinking it like a smoothie. But it's the yeah, it's, I'll take that. It's the tartness of the. It's milk. like a tart tress. It's a corn tres leche. Yeah, in the good Except that would it's be uno. Uno leche. Yeah, it'd be one milk and yes, yes. Yeah, just one milk, not cake. <laughs> Would you like some one milk, not cake? <laughs> <laughs> one milk, not cake. Sounds like a fucking SCP. It does. It does. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> oh, All right. God. Boyos, that that about does it. Yeah, I'm cashed. wow, wowzers. I'm already toast. I would I just wrapped it like an hour and a half's worth of Kush cap notes before getting here. So I am oh shit, I'm done ski. <laughs> so speaking of Kush cap, we're gonna go ahead and plug that Patreon again. Patreon.com/slash Wabah Podcast. Be a part of our Patreon shout out. Access to uh, content, spells, blogs, private Facebook groups, monthly live streams, bonus episodes, and Simply captivating. <sighs> Simply captivating. Love of my life, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. Big fan yeah. of that project. The real, the real uh, height of our career. <laughs> honestly, it's it's 
brought me much joy. Uh, I yeah. like who I am over there. And uh, y'all give it a give it a listen. It's five dollars a month. You get four extra mm-hmm. episodes a month, maybe five if it's one of those months that's got like a shit pile of fucking Thursdays in it or whatever. And oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Any hoozle, there's there's all that's patreon.com. A uh, shit slash pile WBH of Thursdays. Podcasts. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of Thursdays in a Dude, month. Dude, that's a band name if I ever heard it. Shit, shit pile, pile of Thursdays. Thursdays? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because we are entering this here harvest season, that means Halloween approaches us, which means the big Halloween spooky zone approaches us, which means send us your spooky stories over to wabahpodcast at gmail.com put spooky in the subject line so we can find it uh you can also send over your little your little advertising inquiries listen i was gonna say we'll sell anything but that sounds that's not what i mean (laughs) i uh I was waiting on you. I thought you were asking me. You were like, listen. And you thought I was just going to like like commercial style jump in and be like, you can send those to (laughs) WBAH podcast. So uh, goods, services, whatever, witchy stuff, send it to Macy. Let's do it again. Uh, You can send it to us at WBAH podcast at gmail.com. Wow. And uh, yeah. the links to our socials are, you know, they're down there. They're down there. You'll find it down there. They they live. Yeah. yeah. You'll find it. Look hard. Uh, y'all have fun at the porpoise. I really, uh, yeah, everybody have porpoise fun. Sit, put pictures up. Yeah. Please. I want to see. Um, I want to see what's going on at the perp right now yeah. uh, a lot of y'all are coming in it's today it's Wednesday so I know the great far away bean arrival is converging from us far well not us this year but far flung beans uh, from all different corners and y'all have used a good time and we'll be seeing you guys on Friday night don't worry not in person yeah. though get, I, get I know I've, I've been asked by a couple of people like if we're going to, like, are you, are you if it's it? like a surprise and it's like no it's for real we're going to be digital but yeah. we are excited to yeah. see you <laughs> but I promise oh, no. but that would be good though God no I know what I would give like for real to be able to pull that off like to yeah. to be Just like surprise <laughs> but uh, no this is a gap year oh no but we love it's you all very like- much you never have like a birthday or like see those things like where it's someone's anniversary and all day long they're like waiting for the surprise. I still feel like they're they're not gonna believe me. Yeah, I feel like this might even just make it worse. I feel like this but, made it worse. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whoops. Anyway, uh, y'all be safe in your travels uh, and eat some corn. Eat some corn. Get you some corn nuts and break all your teeth on them. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. You might want to soak those in buttermilk first. God. Mmm. Soften. Soft and sour. Goodbye. <laughs>